welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is June 9th, 2021, and this is Herbie Newell, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And today we are joined uh, by McKinley Layton, one of our counselors here at Lifeline, to talk specifically about creating structure for our kids during the summer. And as we know that summer has started and so many of our kids need and thrive in structure, especially that structure that school and other resources give them, uh, we just want to talk about some of those challenges that, that parents face. And, and, and even as their kids are dysregulated and, and don't have those normalcy, how you could create some structure, how you could create some freedom. And ultimately, our heart is that you will be able to reach the heart of your child during the summer and helping them see who they are in Christ, who they were made to be in Christ, and helping them, uh, as you have some less unstructured time, to be able to cope with what uh, life looks like. And so, so grateful to have McKinley with us. Before we hear from her, I do want to remind you of our resource page. We have hundreds of helpful articles, activity ideas, and other materials on our resource page. Topics include adoption, attachment, siblings, medical needs, summer activities like we're talking about today and how to handle scheduled transitions and so, so much more. If you'd like to access those resources, you can always go to lifelinechild.org backslash resources. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash resources, or you can see our show notes for more details. And as a ministry, we continually want to be there to resource families, to resource uh, volunteers, to resource all of those who are called to defend the fatherless, to care for the orphan, to care for kids in foster care, and to wrap the gospel around vulnerable families. Well, McKinley, thanks for joining us. And I mean, even before we get into our topic of creating structure, I'd love for you just to tell a little bit about yourself, your story, and how the Lord called you to use social work and your degree in social work ultimately to help and to counsel families. Yeah, so um, I am a family therapist here in Birmingham. Um, I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee. I um, went to Sanford for both undergrad and graduate school. I had no idea that social workers could be therapists. Um, and it wasn't until um, I had an internship in um, undergrad that I learned that there are so many different parts of social work that you can be a part of and realized that I could be a therapist. And that was where my heart was, was um, really diving in deeper with uh, individuals and families and getting into really the core of what is going on. Mm. Um, and so through graduate school, um, just learning more about that, I really fell in love with attachment, which is kind of uh, attachment and trauma, which has just led me to working um, with that population. And that um, is a big part of what we do here at Lifeline. So um, yeah, that's kind of what brought me into this realm of adoption. 
And I know one of the things that we certainly hope with, with this counseling and therapy and all the things that we take families through is that ultimately that they will learn to cope with some of these issues. They'll learn to attach, they'll learn to help their children regulate through this trauma so that ultimately they can reach their heart and, and to have a family that's able to thrive and survive. Um, and one of the troubles that we know always is interruptions in schedules, especially mm -hmm. when you have kids that have past trauma and now all of a sudden they've, they've gotten into a routine of school and even getting into school can be troublesome. You've finally gotten into that routine. They've gotten used to their teachers. They've gotten used to their peers. They've gotten used to what's around them. And especially in this last year, I know that's even been more difficult mm -hmm. because school has some days been virtual. Some days it's been live. Some days it's been a conglomerate. Sometimes it's been all virtual. And, and, and those are things they've had to deal with. But now you throw all of kind of getting into a routine towards the last part of the school year and you throw it back into chaos again. So give us some practical tools that parents can use to help their kids with this transition. Right. So what we know um, about transitioning into summer, school gives our kiddos um, great structure. You know, they know walking in where you might start with um, circle time and then, you know, going to desk work, whatever it may be for the age. Um, there's so much structure throughout the school day. Um, and what we know is that our kiddos thrive off of structure. Um, it helps keep them safe. It makes them feel safe. Um, they know what to expect, right? And so as they transition into summer, even though they are in a home that they feel safe in and they feel cared for, um, the unpredictability um, can be unsettling for a lot of our kiddos. And so um, I really encourage parents to create a schedule. And so this does not mean to be, you know, if the schedule does not go correctly, then everything is wrong for the rest of the day. I'm saying um, a bare bones schedule. So for older kiddos, if that looks like just having it on the fridge posted so that they can see it of like 7 a.m. we get up for breakfast, you know, 10 a.m. we start chores, whatever that may be for you and your family. Um, for littles, I love to recommend a picture schedule. So um, if that is a picture of just like breakfast foods on the fridge, and then the next one is rest time, whatever that may be so that our kiddos can visually see that. Um, and that also takes the pressure off mom and dad to continually be like, okay, well, the next thing and the next thing, they can just say, go to the fridge. You can see um, the schedule, um, what's coming next. The, the what's coming next is the biggest um, thing for our kiddos because if they don't know what's next then they feel out of control. And if this is a way that we can love them and care for them and make them feel safe is through those schedules. Um, communicating transition. So for example, if dad is going to be out of town one week or mom's going to be out of town, telling them like a week or so before, and then every other day, and then every day, okay, buddy, next week, dad's going to be out of town. We're still going to do this. He'll come back on this day. Over communicating um, can feel exhausting at times, but it helps our kiddos really understand. Um, okay. I know that mommy and daddy's always come back. I know that daddy's going to leave to go on an airplane on Tuesday and he'll be back on Friday. Um, all of those things that we can do to over-prepare our children really, really help them in the scariness of what comes next and the control. Um, 
And then uh, some other helpful tips just in transitioning, um, allowing yourself um, time to schedule in rest. Mm. And so um, maybe that looks like them having breakfast, playing, and then scheduling quiet time. So that does not look like they have to take a nap, but that looks like maybe sitting on the floor and doing a puzzle or reading. That not only helps your kiddos, but it helps you as the parent maybe get some things done around the house or just takes time to, you know, regulate your own system. So yeah, those are some some tools that could be helpful. Yeah, and I think even as I hear you say some of that, you know, really we as human beings were not created for disorder and chaos. Uh, you know, you you think even all the way back to the creation, I think of how the Lord steps into uh, what, what could have been chaotic and he creates order. Uh, I love even looking uh, expositionally at days one through seven of creation mm-hmm. where there was distinct order. You know, everything was made in order that it could sustain the, the thing that was made after that. And so uh, even, even creation was, was caused in such a way to create order. So I think for families, sometimes they can get they can get overwhelmed by thinking through having to create order for the summer and and maybe even sometimes, you know, not not consciously, but subconsciously be frustrated by these children that that thrive, uh, that do not thrive in chaos, do not thrive in disorder, but need such structure. But I think it's a good reminder for all of us. Nobody exists well in chaos. Nobody exists well in disorder. And so a lot of the things that you need as an adult and you need as a parent, it's the same things that your children need. And so I think when we we can realize that that this is the way God made us to need order. And when you take a child who truly has lived in a chaotic environment, never knowing what to expect from one day to another, those expectations actually even start to show them the goodness of God, of how he comes into our lives and he reorders things and he, and he places us on order. But, but I know, right, that, that there are challenges still that parents will face during the summer. And we can give them tools and we can give them practical, but, but it's, still, it's still a challenge. How can we set parents up for success as we go into summer? Yes. So like I said, using those tools, I think the sooner that you can add in the structure. Um, and like I said, try not to get overwhelmed with it. You know, that doesn't mean trying to plan so much fun every single day. You know, that looks like just normal things, a normal schedule um, surrounded by, you know, meals, um, and rest and things like that. Um, I think it is important that we remind our parents that to give themselves grace Mm. of recognizing that the summer is hard and, and lowering expectations of, I need to make this the best summer ever for my child. Um, I think, I think it can be a really sweet time for parents to, connect with their children. And so utilizing that time, not to plan all these extravagant, you know, experiences, but maybe that looks like the family having movie night every Friday night or every Thursday night, simple things, um, that can connect with your children. And also that's fun for you. And that's restful for you. Um, helping parents just recognize that um, they can take rest and making sure that for them, they're taking care of themselves. And so a lot of times with my parents, I always recommend 
either getting up a little bit earlier, if that looks like going on a walk with your spouse or, you know, getting time in the word or whatever, whatever rest looks like for you, um, making sure that is part of your day. Um, so whether that looks like waking up early, um, or staying up a few minutes late later, uh, really taking that time because we cannot keep giving and giving to these kiddos if we're not pouring ourselves up. Um, and so using some of those basic just tools, um, can give you a great foundation, taking care of yourselves and then just, and recognizing the signs of, of what, what are some of the challenges that we may face, you know, going ahead and calling those out. So we know that in the summer kids can get really restless. Um, they can struggle with wanting to go somewhere all the time or not wanting to stay up late. And so kind of identifying what are going to be my challenges this summer and how can I face those, praying through those, walking through those with a spouse. What does it look like as a coupleship, as a team to approach those um, challenges and almost, you know, treatment planning before you get to the challenge. Um, so, yeah, I think also just being aware of, okay, we are going to have these challenges. What are they going to look like? How are we going to approach them? And if they don't go perfectly, what is our reaction going to be? I think that goes back to the basic TVRI principles. Um, how am I going to handle this situation? I, I really need to connect before I can correct the situation. Um, so I think that could be just some basic tips in helping facing those challenges. Yeah, I, I love so many of the things of what you just said there, you know, really just even starting with, with, with the rest and Parents need rest. They need times where they can just be alone, be alone before the Lord, be alone and rest to empty their minds. And I, I think in a lot of ways, you know, we have so much going on that even when we are on vacation or even when we're away, we don't shut our minds down. Um, and, and God created us to rest. I, I, I remember hearing John Piper say something one time, and it was both convictional to me. Uh, because it resonated with me, uh, but I think it resonates with so many, which is we were created as humans, as infallible, meaning that we need rest, right? God is the one that neither slumbers nor sleeps. So actually us going to sleep, us resting, us disconnecting is us trusting God to say, I know you've got this and I'm going to disconnect because I have to have rest. I'm dependent upon you. And so I would I would just add to your encouragement of parents to remember that ultimately you were never asked to do this alone, but the Lord will equip you, but he'll only equip you if you rest and if you take those times to rest and to to get along. And then I love what you say about lowering expectations. I know as a as a dad and as parents, Ashley and I have seen so many times that those as uh, the teenagers call it epic times that they're going to blow your mind away. Those are not the times that they remember. The mm -hmm. times that they remember are the more simpler times, uh, the times that uh, we were able to have a deep conversation or the times that we were just there to listen, uh, even to their ramblings and to their musings that sometimes didn't even make sense. They'll come back and say, hey, it really meant a lot to me that you disconnected and were able to listen to me and talk to me. And so I, I'm not saying, hey, don't go on vacation, don't plan something that's epic, but do remember that that just like McKinley said, the structured times where you connect and you hear the heart of your children are the things that they're going to take with them. Those are the things that also 
in therapy, in counseling are going to be those, those memories that come back and those, those, those things that they treasure. Uh, the things they treasure are going to be the time that they have being listened to, being heard, and being poured into uh, by a parent. And so just, just sage advice there. But I know that a lot of times, especially for our kids that really, really do have uh, trauma-filled backgrounds, and, and they come into home, and summertime can also cause them to get into dysregulation. Um, first of all, I say that word, and there may be people listening going, what in the world is dysregulation? So help us understand what is dysregulation, what does it look like, and what are the warning signs that my child may be going through dysregulation? Right. So um, dysregulation can look like a lot of things. It can present itself as a lot of things. Um, for example, I think about um, when I'm dysregulated, right? So when I'm regulated, I am not hungry, I'm not tired, I'm not thirsty. Um, my whole system is kind of in equilibrium. Um, and everything, I don't need anything, I'm in a clear headspace, right? Um, dysregulation maybe looks like I snap really fast or um, I'm really tired, can't focus, something like that. For our kiddos, I can say, I feel tired or I feel hungry, I need a snack. Um, for kiddos, it often looks like a complete meltdown does not make sense. Um, say you are just, everybody's hanging out. Everybody's laughing. Kiddo just can, just breaks down, right? Crying, can't control it. Um, dysregulated. And so, you know, that is a sign. Definitely the crying, um, uncontrollable crying. Maybe it looks like just complete meltdown, falling on the floor, hitting sibling, whatever that may look like for your kiddo, right? And so I always want to look at that and say, is the child hungry? Is the child thirsty? Is the child tired? Um, those, those three things uh, most often are one of the reasons behind it, right? I know, I know me, when I get hungry, I'm not fun to be around. And so I need to get a snack to kind of come back down, right? And so for our kiddos who can't communicate that and, and maybe they haven't learned how to listen to their bodies where it says like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And eventually it gets to the place where it's like, I, I don't know what I need. I can't handle it. Right. So, um, when those moments happen, um, this is once again, where I encourage parents to really connect before we correct. Right. Because what we know is that when this, all this dysregulation is happening, their little brains, they are definitely in their lower brain. So our upper brain um, really is all the logical, um, can hear when we're communicating with them, understanding. When they're in that lower brain, it's full on emotions. They're not going to hear, Johnny, don't hit your sister. You, you know, what do you need? They're not gonna hear it. And so may, most often that maybe looks like um, narrating what's going on for them. Oh, buddy, you, are just so tired. Um, you really, you just feel so tired and you don't know how to tell mommy, let me get you a snack. Let me get you, let's go rest. What do you, you know, do you need a hug? Do you need, um, to go lay down under a blanket, you know, connecting and then, you know, coming back if the child did hit or something like that, coming back later when they can hear you and saying, Hey buddy, when we get really angry, I know that you felt like you needed to hit coming back and asking for a redo, right? Um, so yeah, I think that is also part of 
parents knowing parents know their kiddos, they just do, they have this instinct. Um, and so often that is called attunement. And so, um, mom instinct looks like I know, and my child is hungry. And so you can almost see those, um, that dysregulation happening. You can see the signs beforehand. So maybe that looks like he is getting really grumpy or he's snapping and it's his little temperature is rising. So he's about to burst into full on meltdown. Um, so those would be kind of the warning signs. Um, great things that you can do to almost monitor that is really just being aware and attuning to your child, making sure that if they're going to go play outside, knowing that they probably need to come in a little earlier, um, maybe than usual, maybe they need some rest and making them rest, making them drink water, having constant access to um, water. So maybe giving them assigned water bottles and they always have the ability to fill it up or there's always access to more water. Um, I love the idea of having a constant bowl just full of healthy snacks that they can always grab. And so that takes the pressure off you to have something prepared all the time. If they want a snack, anybody, you can always go to this bowl of snacks that they feel the freedom to go get a snack. And if that looks like forcing them to pause, let's go get a snack, um, filling up them and, and regulating for them almost. So until they can learn how to do it themselves. So kind of just being aware of what that looks like and, and how we can manage that before it gets into full on meltdown. Okay, so <clears throat> McKinley, let's say this. So I'm gonna ask this question that probably a lot of families are afraid to even admit, but let's just say that we're, we're in the midst of the throes of summer. And I get to the point that, and, and this is going to sound harsh, but but I think I think moms and some dads are going to go, yeah, I felt that way. I don't want to admit it. I can't believe he's verbalizing it, but I have felt that way. I just don't like my child. Um, their needs and their narcissism is so great. Uh, it's creating so much chaos. I'm so tired. And at this point, I just want to be away. What what advice do you give to that mom or that dad that literally gets to the point of saying, in the summer, and, and it's momentary. I'm not. I'm not talking about something that's systemic. I'm saying a momentary moment where today I just really, really don't like my child. What What's some advice that you would give a mom or a dad navigating through that this summer? I um, would say that makes sense, and and that's understandable, um, and and what they're feeling is valid and and normal. Um, and so if that looks like that, they need to take a break because that is safer and more nurturing for everybody. It is okay to say, Hey, I am going to take a second. If spouse or, you know, helper is not at home, then if that looks like kiddos need to go, you know, watch a movie for an hour, it is okay. Giving, giving the family some grace, giving yourself some grace, yeah. uh, it is okay to say, let's go to our own rooms, let's play with blocks, whatever, um, so that you can be filled up and come back and, and love on them. Um, but also just recognizing and verbalizing those things. I think oftentimes um, we feel like those things are wrong um, or you know, I worked so hard to bring this kiddo home and now I'm having these feelings. Um, that is normal, recognizing them and verbalizing them. So if that looks like talking to your spouse about it, that looks like talking to um, 
a group that you have or um, other families. Um, also, shameless plug for therapy. Um, I think that looks like, you know, allowing yourself to say, okay, I can go to therapy and that's okay. Um, that being a safe place of, Hey, I don't like my kid today and hearing that's okay. Mm. Um, and so, and so giving yourself the grace and then just making sure like, okay, I'm feeling these feelings. I recognize it. How do I need to restructure the day? So that means that I need to send the kids to the neighbor's house. Or if that means I need to call grandma and have somebody come or whatever that may be like, allowing yourself some grace in that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and I think just to, to remind families, especially when we look, you know, a lot of times, you know, unfortunately, we think and we, we look at counseling almost as giving up or mm-hmm. as something that means failure. Well, I, I have to go get counseling because I've failed in this or mm-hmm. uh, I'm, 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 I'm somewhere uh, here where, where I'm just in over my head. Uh, I, I think we need to remember that our culture today has become so disconnected. We're the most connected, disconnected generation probably that's ever lived. We're, we're more connected in the sense that I literally could pick up my phone right now and text someone on the other side of the world and have a, a verbal or a nonverbal written <laughs> communication. I could pick up the phone and call them if I want to. And it hardly costs me anything anymore to have a verbal conversation. Mm-hmm. But yet we, we don't have those relationships, unfortunately, as much where we can be real. And if you look back, even through the New Testament, you see so much discipleship, so much living life together, folks that were sharpening one another. And I know that at times being a parent, especially if a child that's experienced trauma, can be a lonely place. And, and really, we would encourage that you need counseling and you need therapy more just so you can go and be open and be honest with someone who maybe knows something and can help you or can see something from a different angle. It's biblical discipleship in a formal model with people that, that, that know things to help you and to be able to listen and to be able to structure that. So going kind of toward the positive of this conversation, what are some of the ways that we can take advantage of this time to truly connect to our children, connect to their hearts, connect to their minds, and to really be able to form those important attachment uh, attachment markers that will last for their lifetime? Yeah. Um, so once again, when we're bringing in that high structure, I always want to partner it with high nurture, right? And so um, summer can be a really difficult time, but it can also be a sweet time because you're not running to all these different sports, activities, parent meetings, all of that. You get the opportunity to be with your kids more often. Um, and so I love the idea of individually taking, so maybe you have two or three kiddos, um, four kiddos, love taking one-on-one time with them. So if that looks like daddy-daughter dates, mommy-daughter dates, mommy, son dates, whatever, intentionally taking time, um, with one kiddo, um, those moments, um, are the ones that they're going to remember, right? Just like you were saying, they are going to remember dad saying, Hey, we are going to go out to dinner and I'm going to buy ice cream and I'm, we're going to sit and converse together. Right. And so that is so meaningful to them, or we're going to go to the batting cages and we're just going to hit for as long as we want to. Um, this, this is what our kiddos desire and crave. 
And so I know that you can feel exhausted, but it is one thing to have four kiddos with you. And it is another to have one. This is where you really get to see them shine, get to see where they're at. And maybe this is where they do open up Um, and you get to connect and you get to be that person that is with them and walks through some of those things that maybe they bring up or questions that they ask. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that can look like so many different things. Like I said, daddy-daughter dates, going out to dinner, spending time with them, going on a hike, um, doing those kinds of things together can be a really sweet time. Um, Once again, just connecting with them. Um, We, um, the therapists at Lifeline, are trained in their play, which is a attachment-based play therapy. Um, and this is one of my favorite therapies to do because it is the sweetest thing to watch these, um, kiddos come in with their parents and, and play, you know, we never get to watch, um, and just play with our kiddos. And so, um, if, if families are struggling this summer, the summer is a perfect time to start counseling because you can do, you know, once a week or twice a week and not have to worry about have to do it after school or during this time. Um, but their play is a great way to build up those attachment bonds and connect with your kiddos. And so those, that's one of the biggest gifts about my job is getting to watch that and create an environment where these um, dads and sons, moms and daughters, vice versa, get to connect and play together um, intentionally building up these attachment bonds. And so um, once again, I think I think summer can be the perfect time for that. Yeah, such a such a dear sweet time to have that time, and and you know even when we look at summer, uh, it was it was created more for an agricultural agrarian society mm-hmm. where the summers were when kids would work in the fields and help the family, uh, and and a lot of people have even debated, and and I know uh, even back in the nineties and, and even today, folks debate year round school and should we have that structure. Uh, but I, I still believe that the Lord has given us the grace of the summer, like you said, to be able to connect, to be able to recharge and to be able to do the things that we want to do. And I guess just as we end, I mean, McKinley, help us think through some resources that are there for parents that they can utilize this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, our website has a ton of resources. Um, a lot of these podcasts, a lot of blogs on there that just will have a ton of resources. Um, Wi-Fi has something that's super unique and it's called parent coaching. Um, so it's almost like a step before counseling. If you're like, I really don't want to do counseling. I just need some really just solution focus. Help me, help me figure this out. Um, it's a great resource, um, meeting with one of our parent coaches. Um, and that is just a way that parents can come for an hour, maybe once a week, twice a week and say, Hey, this happened with blah, blah, blah. How do we approach it next time? Or what, what would you say would be a good idea? And so that can be such a great resource. Um, you know, taking advantage of um, what the, your community has to offer. So maybe that doesn't look like going on extreme trips or doing anything of like that, but you know, what does the library have to offer? What do, what do different organizations have to offer where you can connect with other with other families. Um, but once again, this is a great time to start reading. Um, you know, we love the connected child, the connected parent books. Um, but also parent coaching is a great resource. Counseling is a great resource. And then just utilizing a lot of what Lifeline has already put out there on our blogs and podcasts is just great resources um, for parents. 
Yeah, and I, I think just as a reminder, uh, at Life Fund, we want to travel this journey with your family. We do not see the adoption or foster journey as, as ending once a child comes into your home, but simply beginning. And so the, the journey to the child is, is like the training for a marathon. And now you're running the marathon. And we want to be there along the way with cups of water and nourishment to help you so that as the Apostle Paul says, I train so that I can win the race, so that I can fight the good fight. And ultimately, winning the race and fighting the good fight is, is reaching the hearts of these kids, these kids that have experienced past trauma, these kids that have experienced difficulty, these kids who have been separated from their biological families because of, of death or dismemberment or hurt or pain or poverty or really just the, the, the sin that has affected this world. And we ultimately want to, to show them the goodness, the graciousness of a father who will never leave them, who will never forsake them. And we can't do that unless we can reach their hearts. And sometimes we can't reach their hearts unless we have the tools that are necessary to be able to help ourselves so that we can help them. And that's where we want to be there, like McKinley said, with, with family uh, coaching, with counseling, with therapy to help you and your family along this journey. And so as we go into summer, know that it is both a trying and hard, but also a rewarding and a gracious time where we can reach the hearts of our children. And we hope that, that so many of the things that you heard today will help you and encourage you and equip you as you go into this summer. Well, McKinley, thanks for joining us and thanks for all of this. One last thing, if folks want to get in contact with you or with our team, what are some ways that they can reach out to get that parent coaching or to, to sign up for counseling or therapy this summer? Yeah, you just need to go on our website, lifelinechild.org. Um, there will be a counseling and education tab, and um, there is a form that you can fill out um, as an interest form, and that'll come straight to us, and we'll connect you with the therapist or parent coach. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. Again, always, you can email us at info at lifelinechild.org if you need anything, and all of the information that's been provided, you can find in show notes. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>